You want to transform yourself and improve your life. You long to help people. You wish to become healthier, happier, and more successful. This show is your opportunity to learn how to use hypnosis to make your life better. Each week, hypnotist Robbie Spear Miller interviews people who have already changed their lives in amazing ways with hypnosis. These models can help you discover your path to making the most of your life. If you want to learn how hypnosis can help you reach your goals, this show is for you. Hello, everybody. I'm Robbie Spear Miller, your host for the Hypnosis Show podcast. Today, I'm really excited to welcome Kelly Lupe Smith here with us, and she is going to share with us her experience and wisdom about the, the uh, relationship between hypnosis and yoga and meditation. And we, we get many, many students and clients who have a background in, in yoga or meditation who get very curious about hypnosis. So I, I really want to have a chance to share with you um, how hypnosis can benefit you and how it can complement the, the things you're already doing. Kelly Lupe Smith is a hypnotist, trainer, mentor, certified yoga instructor, and founder of Hypno Yoga. She has spent two decades in Los Angeles, California with high profile celebrities such as Britney Spears, Simon Cowell, and Mayim Bialik, with credits such as Warner Music Group, VH1, iHeart, Voyage LA, We Magazine for Women, and LA Yoga Magazine. She's also been featured as a guest on a, a number of podcasts, including Elena's Beauty Talk and the interesting our podcast. So that's an impressive number of cool things you've done, Kelly. And one of the things that I've, I've always admired about you is you have this like really awesome sparkly personality. I've had the honor of being part of one of your yoga classes once and, and when we were doing a training, do you remember that? Yes. And, and which was a pretty awesome experience and really complimented the, the work we were doing with hypnosis all day. So I'm really excited to have you here to share your wisdom with our listeners. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I love talking about hypnosis. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you start by telling us your journey and like how you discovered yoga and meditation and hypnosis and how that all came together for you? Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, I was a body worker for about 10 years and that's when I had all these celebrity clients that you were naming celebrity clients, but I also had mostly just average people that I like to help. And I was just fascinated with how, you know, when you're working on someone in massage and you find like a pressure point and you press on it and a person starts bawling their eyes out and they don't know why, you get very curious about the way that emotions work, how the body works, and how that's all interconnected. So during that time, I started to get into yoga. And when I did yoga for the very first time in 2003 in Studio City, California, I remember that feeling. I felt like I was being introduced to myself for the first time, like I had never met myself before until that moment. So it really had an impact on me. So learning, studying body work, healing modalities, energy work, yoga, yoga philosophy, uh, how yoga helps you live a better life, it started me on the journey. And then it wasn't until later that I discovered hypnosis that everything really came together. 
So tell us, like, what what did you realize when you say everything came together? Like, what changed for you when you discovered hypnosis? Yeah, well, you know, you can know so much information. You can study and you can take classes and do workshops and retreats. And like, I've traveled all over the world and I've done retreats here and there with all these different teachers. But hypnosis was the first time that it was actually, and the way that we were taught hypnosis, I should clarify, was the first time that it was actually integrated into my being, where I felt and discovered real change. It wasn't just information I was getting. It wasn't a download of information into my brain. I already knew a lot. I I know a lot of stuff, but that doesn't mean it changes me until you learn how to make it change you. So for me, uh, before learning hypnosis, I mean, I, I have been a pretty freedom-based person. I like to travel. I like to do things. I like to explore, uh, fly by the seat of my pants. But I never had much of a secure income. I had some income, enough to have my lifestyle, but not um, not secure income. I didn't have a relationship with money that really was helpful or useful. Uh, hypnosis taught me that. Hypnosis helped me to see people in a new way. Like I could feel people's energy. I could feel empathically what people were going through, but I couldn't really look at someone and see what they were going through, what, see their body language, watch the markers and, and tell what was really going on in order to have a better relationship with them. So that's what hypnosis taught me to do with relationships is to be able to see and take in another person in a real way and, and then approach a person in a way that can make an impact. I also never had a very high self-esteem, really. I, I, I didn't think I could do a whole lot. I learned to believe in myself in a real way through the techniques of hypnosis and neurolinguistics. Mm-hmm. Would you say, like, I I have done yoga. I think my first yoga class was probably, like, in the mid-90s. So I am no yoga expert, but I've done a lot of yoga over the years. And I know the feeling you mean when you have that experience of ah, settling into yourself and, and just being in the world in a different way. My impression from what you're sharing is that the, the thing that hypnosis did for you is it helped you bring that that experience into every part of your life. It wasn't just when you were doing a yoga class or it wasn't just how your mind and body felt in that moment that you were able to bring a different kind of awareness or ability to read people or the situation or understand the patterns happening in life in a way that you could change yourself and help others change. Is that accurate or like what, what, how would you respond to that? Yeah. I I would say so. You know how I see it. I see it like people are going about their their lives. They're so busy. They're so stressed. They have so many things going on. It's family. It's work. It's social. It's keeping your body in shape. It's all, all these things. And then they find yoga and they're finally able to be present maybe for the first time ever. And they slow down and they can actually feel their body. And that's amazing. And that's powerful. And then you learn hypnosis, which teaches you how to be able to do that and be able to have an outcome 
and how do you change your um, perceptions and what you need to change in your actions to get an outcome while also being able to be present? Because what I find is people who they first start yoga and it starts to be amazing for them. And I'm like, cool, that's the first step. (laughs) There's so much more for you. You just don't know yet, you know? (laughs) Yeah, we want to bring this into real life and and to have those benefits be outcome-based that way. So one of the things that I noticed, like, for example, I've studied meditation before I learned hypnosis, and I had one of my coaching teachers was a Buddhist monk. And so meditation was a big part of what we did. But a lot of it was about just being with what was happening. It wasn't focused on an outcome. And I think the big difference with what we're doing with hypnosis is that we're making it relevant to what, what does this person want to do next? How do we need to change Uh, how they're interacting with the world or how we are interacting with the world for that to happen. Right. And, you know, there's, there's lots of different kinds of meditation, but the main point of meditating is to be present, slow down and be present. The whole point actually of yoga is to be able to meditate. Like the yoga postures, the asana they were all just practiced in order to loosen up the body for meditation. And what's the point of that? The point of that is to have more fulfillment and more joy. Um, So yes, in, in having that outcome in mind, what needs to happen is a change in perception. And so as hypnotists, we can help a person get that new perception of their life and see what's possible. And then it takes yoga and meditation to this whole other place. You know, you try to meditate and it's like, okay, empty your mind, don't think of anything. So that's one perception of meditation. Another is, um, okay, count your breathing or just feel your breath and only feel your breath. One of the things I see with people who meditate a lot or do yoga a lot that's actually not great is that they use it to dissociate. They're in pain, they're in physical pain or they're in emotional pain and they're like, oh my God, I got to do my yoga practice because I just want to feel better. And, And so it's a gift for that reason. But then an hour later or the following day, their problem returns because all it's doing is giving away to not focus on it. Like this idea of unattachment from yoga or, you know, the sutras or in Buddhism or whatever. And, and that is only a tool that is good sometimes. It is not in my experience. And I know yours too. The ultimate outcome of something is to be unattached. Like you don't want to walk around your life being unattached to anything. I mean, not in reality then. People are using it kind of like a vacation from life and an escape. One of the things that I, I talk a lot about with my students is if they don't have a lot of experience making changes for real, like moving through something in a real life kind of way, and they're in their head a lot, if they have had the experience of yoga, usually they can relate to being in a yoga class and they're doing a pose and the instructor corrects them. And all of a sudden they realize, oh, now I know what this pose is all about because it feels totally different. And that our 
uh, role as hypnotists and trainers is to give people that kind of experience of shifting their mind. So they're, they're realizing, oh, I can be in life in this new way. Now I get it. And then everything's different. But if they, if they think they need to figure it out in their own head, they're never going to get there. Just like in yoga class, the teacher can't explain to you what to do. The teacher actually has to help you shift your body so you experience what to do. Yeah. That's the perfect analogy. Yes. Yeah. So can you talk a little more about just that whole realm of how we're, we're really um, helping people make these shifts in their real life? So it's almost like um, yoga practice in every part of your life all the time and that that could be an awesome, joyful, rewarding thing. Yeah. Well, it can be. It should be. Uh, it shouldn't be that you're constantly in the same battle all the time. You know, I see people just, they're stuck in, in what they're stuck in and then they have their vacation, like you call it. I think that's so right. A vacation from their life and then they're back and they're stuck. With hypnosis and the techniques of neurolinguistics, we're actually able to change a person's experience of something through their senses. So I love how you're using that yoga pose as an analogy where you're like, you know, okay, down dog, plant your hands down, stick your booty back, stick your hips up. You, you know the procedure, but it's once you feel it and you feel the extension of your spine, now you know what you're going after you have to first have an outcome. I mean, we've got to have an outcome in life. We have to know what we're going after. Otherwise, we're a leaf blowing in the wind, as uh, Scott McFall would say. We're a leaf blowing in the wind in every possible direction. And we, there, there's no, there's no uh, north star that we're following. And an outcome doesn't have to be a have to. Like, it could change later. You know, I've seen it where people are afraid to pick an outcome because they're worried they won't get it or they'll screw it up. But an outcome is malleable. It's always in flux. It's always changing. There are so many practices in yoga. There's breathing techniques, pranayama. There's visualization techniques. Um, and there's something called a bhavana. People who've studied the Yoga Sutras are familiar with a bhavana. And a bhavana in Sanskrit translates literally to remembering the future. Remembering the future. So it has some of this wisdom in it. It's just that not everybody talks about it or understands it in this way. So it, it really is having a vision for your future just like it would be a memory. So you make it real to you like what hypnosis does. You see it and you hear it and you feel it. And when you learn self-hypnosis and you learn how to be in sensory imagery, it makes it real. And you have something to hang your hat on that you're going after. And of course, it's got to be okay if you screw up here and there, because we all do, but you, you're, you're going towards something. So it sounds like 
the wisdom of the yoga masters was along these same lines of, of having this vision for your future. And, you know, we talk about transformational change, that the real life shifts in our yoga poses, the point of that is for us to discover how to be in life differently, and then everything changes. And then you can see that future that you want and that outcome you want. And, and it sounds to me like whoever... And I, I don't know anything about the experts of yoga or the gurus or whoever, but whoever they were, <laughs> could they had that wisdom. That was their intention. And maybe it, it got lost because in our culture, yoga is about going to a yoga class or doing some yoga at home before bed or because you're in physical discomfort, that it's lost that bigger picture part of the wisdom. Maybe, yeah. I, I know that... If- being from Los Angeles, it certainly has been a fad for the last 15, 20 years. You know, it's like have your perfect yoga outfit and get your yoga magazine and your yoga blocks and everything. And then you're a cool person. <laughs> but that, um, That's true here too. And I, I remember I, I once had a <laughs> hypnosis student who he said to me, well, I do yoga every day as if I'd be like, oh, you're awesome. You do yoga every day. Not Yoga is awesome, but he said it as if I should be, you know, totally impressed <laughs> by him as a person. Yeah. So we definitely have that culture here too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so for me, um, my life has very much, very much changed. I mean, it was bettered by yoga, let I would say 10 to 20%, but with hypnosis, it's like 80, 90%. The person I am today, I would not be this person without the training uh, that we've received in the Master Hypnotist Society. That's for darn sure. So can you talk a little bit about what outcomes you had as a result of that? Like I know you mentioned self-esteem and money, dealing with money better. So like share a little bit more with people so that they can relate to the kinds of changes that you went through. I think the biggest thing is um, before I... I didn't have much of a sense of self and, you know, that's why, you know, doing yoga was so big because I actually felt there was a self, but I, I, I didn't always know how to keep that sense of self when around other people, because I would lose myself with any kind of variety of person I would be with. So if I was dating someone, I would totally take on their characteristics and you couldn't predict what kind of Kelly you'd find from one year to the next based on the people I was around or what I was finding myself mixed up in. Now, some of that is good because it taught me how to model and get rapport with people. So that's all great and everything. But it gave me like an ability to see, to model self and see myself, and then also see what was going on in other people that may be good or not great. So that I wouldn't lose, like now today, um, I'm not perfect, but I am so, so, so much better at having my rudder in the water of a sense of who I am and, and what the goals are in a situation, whereas in the past, I would have just gotten lost in like a leaf blowing in the wind. 
that's the best way I know how to describe it. And if you did grow up feeling that way, then you'll be able to understand what I'm saying. Um, with having a career, I never was very, um, I guess, ambitious before. I mean, people thought I was, but I, I really, I really haven't been. And I, and I wasn't that motivated. I just would do what I had to do to make enough money to pay rent and be able to go on trips. You know, that's all. (laughs) And now, um, because I have the career that I have and I understand what money is like, it's the energy of the amount that you can help another person, the measure of help you can give another person. It shows there in your account and I'm not afraid of it anymore. I embrace it. I like it. You know, um, I was afraid of it. I think I felt like I didn't want it or need it, or there was some martyr need in me. Like I had to martyr myself and be struggling to be a good person, but that's all BS, you know? And, and so, um, yeah, it feels so great. There's a lot more security in my life now because I've gotten over that problem with money. That's for sure. Then you're helping a lot more people too. Yes. Yes, I am. And that feels amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is interesting how most of us don't, aren't really raised to look at money as like a, a vehicle, a way to give back to the world or to be on a mission. Um, I, I like to look at it as stewardship. Like if you have access to money or resources, how are you going to use them to um, do something in the world and use them wisely as opposed to it defining who you are or not who you are? Like I can, I had a time in my life where I said, oh, who needs money? And I just thought it was unimportant. But as a result, I didn't actually take my career seriously. So I can relate to what you're saying about a career that I, I didn't see that the amount people pay you actually is often a direct, indirect relation to the value you're delivering. And so to look at it as a symbol that way and say, what do I need to do to give people more value? And you've given so much value to so many people. I mean, you've done amazing things in your career and helped so many people become hypnotists and become great hypnotists. So I just have to say, you're definitely one of those people that I look at to go, oh, this is possible for me next. Maybe when I'm doing this as long as you, I can maybe get to where you are. And, and so that, that's really neat and learning how to model someone without being resentful of them is another thing that I learned from the master hypnotist society, Scott from hypnosis and the um, teachings of NLP is that you can't model what you resent. You cannot copy what you admire in someone. If you resent them, if you feel like, Oh, though that's nice. Those skinny rich people. <laughs> You've got to like them. You got to like them and notice how you are similar to them. Yeah, years ago I used to take the, this restorative yoga class, and and one of the thing that that teacher said over and over, she said, "Whatever is the most challenging pose for you is the one you need to do the most." And. And I think that was very good advice and feedback. So 
if somebody is feeling resentful, so there's this huge amount of knowledge, just like if you were doing a yoga pose, you would watch somebody else do the yoga pose and model how they're doing it, that there's this huge amount of wisdom out there in the world. And if we are resentful or competitive about it, then it's it's hard to learn from it. Yes, yes. So we, we need to do it even more. Absolutely. Oh, that's a great, that's another great metaphor. I'm learning two amazing metaphors already. (laughs) So a lot of people do want to ask me, um, you know, what the difference between meditation and hypnosis is. So I thought maybe I would just be very direct about that. When you're meditating, the point is focus. It's not necessarily empty your mind, although some people say that that is what it is. It's not. It's to learn to focus, to build your concentration. So you could literally meditate by watching a candle and focusing your mind on just seeing that candle, taking in the colors, hearing the crackle, feel the warmth of it. So you're absorbing yourself in one thing. And the point of that is to slow down your brain waves, you know, eventually get into the theta brain waves, and so you are relaxed. So the point of meditation is slow down, relax, pay attention, stay focused. With hypnosis, you are able to let your conscious mind wander away, drift away. Your unconscious mind is open and can hear what the hypnotist is telling you or the suggestions you give yourself in self-hypnosis. There's really no wrong way to do it because we're bypassing all of that. So I I see the difference as like meditation is kindergarten and hypnosis is graduate school. That's kind of how, and I don't mean it in a condescending way. I just mean like first, yeah, if you want to train yourself to slow down and relax and concentrate, I think that has many benefits. And then the next step is, is, is learn hypnosis. So it's so interesting you say that because I've had so many clients who've tried meditation and find it really difficult. And I look at that as actually a very advanced skill that a lot of people, at least in our culture, have a lot of trouble doing. And they find it a lot easier to go into hypnosis because there's more I, I, there's more going on and it, it somehow connects with them better. It, it, so I look at it as, um, I think it's really interesting how meditation has taken off everywhere as the thing to help people calm down and be in a better mental health space and things like that. If they were to learn hypnosis, they just for that purpose of being able to slow down and and have their nervous system settle down and, and take things in with their senses, it's actually an easier vehicle to discover that or to experience that. So that's been my observation with yeah. people. Which is a, a different point because there's that, right? So there's the experience of hypnosis and then there's what can you do with it? So what we're doing with that skill of hypnosis does take you much further than what typically people might do with yoga. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that is interesting, a different way of seeing it. Um, I guess just my own journey because it was the order of it and I and I just didn't get as much out of it. I just didn't get as much out of it as I 
as I do with hypnosis. Um, and I, and I just don't feel that meditation is that difficult <laughs> for you. Yeah. For a lot of people it is. Yeah. But if we look at it as a building block, like your example of just looking at a candle and noticing every aspect of that candle, the color and the shape of the flame and the movement and the smell and all those things, that that would be a building block of, of what we do with hypnosis, but we do lots of other things too. And I wonder if it's easier for people to focus when more is going on, which is the case with hypnosis, that more is going on. We also have people focused on an outcome that really matters to them. So it may seem more directly relevant to them than doing meditation. Meditation is kind of a practice that you have to do over and over, over a long period of time. And there isn't really a clear um, outcome associated with that. So I wonder if that's partly why people have a harder time engaging with that. Yes, definitely. It's kind of like with yoga, if you're doing like a really basic pose, let's say you're doing child's pose and your mind's just wandering all over the place, but then you're trying to do trikonasana, triangle pose, and you've got to have your foot so, and your leg just so, and your hips just so, and your arms, and the teacher's walking through your entire body and what to do and little nuances of stretching, your mind is so absorbed with all the steps, your mind can't wander to something else and think about yesterday or the worries about tomorrow, because there are so many things that you're focused on all at the same time. So to your point, I think, yeah. Yes. I think that's a great example of how it's really a lot of what we do in hypnosis is we're guiding people in a direction that's useful for them. And there's enough happening that they can stay reasonably focused in that direction, at least on a subconscious level. Um, So yes, yeah, I love that. That's a great example. And isn't it interesting how when we get the body involved in change, like when you were mentioning when you were doing body work and you would touch a pressure point and somebody would get very emotional or start to cry that through doing physical things like yoga or like breathing with meditation or with hypnosis we we have people do all kinds of physical movement that that can help people to change and to realize that they can change out of an old pattern or let go of an emotion Yes. When you're stuck in your head and you're thinking a lot and you're analyzing all the time and you're talking to yourself, your body's very still. You know, you're just, you're, and you can see it in people. You see that they're, they're, their face is blank because they're in their head. And the first thing you want when you're working with someone, when you're trying to make an effect in someone's life or reach someone is you, you need them to be associated into their feelings. So the first thing that you do is you move their physical body. So that's why playing catch with like a little ball in the office or with a friend or with your child or with your spouse, um, playing catch with someone is so great because it starts to get their body moving. Um, And this is why I combined hypnosis and yoga for hypno yoga is because you've got the person moving. Never try to reach someone just by giving more information when they're already stuck in their head. Because the first thing they're going to do is disagree in there. So you've got to get them moving first. So if you can 
start to move your body and you start to move slowly and stretch like, like in yoga, then you start to warm up to something and, and it interrupts the pattern of being stuck in your head and all the patterns of thinking. You know, first you think, oh my God, so-and-so did this so well and I was so terrible at it. And then maybe you think, oh, well, I'm never gonna X, Y, Z. And then you think, well, I should just probably give up now. And so you have this downward spiral and it's all just a relationship with your own inner thoughts. And so we need to interrupt that. We need to get people moving. You need to get yourself moving or get your friend or your son or whoever moving first. That's the first thing to do to allow the brain to start to shake off what was going on before and be open to a new idea, a new strategy, a new way of doing it. You can be more receptive once you've moved your body a little bit. And if you're trying to make an effect in someone after they're moving and you're and you're throwing a ball back and forth or you're doing yoga with a person, you're on the same page, you're more open. And there's science that shows this. And I know um, we have a friend in common, Dr. Dan Burrow, uh, talked a lot about how physiology changes the nervous system that changes the brain and like what happens there scientifically. Uh, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to go and say all those specifics, but I will tell you, do that first. And it is what works. Um, and that's why it's so great. Once you've done a whole yoga routine, a whole yoga session, then you're in Shavasana. And if you're new to yoga, Shavasana, it, it is literally corpse pose. It's the final pose in all of yoga um, classes to let everything just sort of assimilate and you're just blank and you're just resting. And that's the time that a person is open, so open to suggestion because they've done all the physiological movement, they've relaxed, they've breathed in a calming way. And then they're just resting. They're open. And isn't that just the perfect time to receive hypnotic suggestion? I mean, I think that every yoga teacher should learn hypnosis. So during Shavasana, they can be telling these people what they need, that they're a good person, that they belong, that they were born exactly the person they're supposed to be, that um, that they have value, that they can be that person they want to be. I mean, just makes sense to me. Mm. And, and in hypnosis, we talk about how the real change that happens with people usually happens either in confusion or where their conscious mind finally starts to let go, which is the whole point of doing hypnosis is that they're, they're out of their conscious mind and there's access to that other part of their mind, but that the change doesn't happen through thinking. And so as they've done this whole yoga class and they're in Shavasana, there is actually space available between their thoughts to have that experience. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And so Kelly, what, like, when we look at this, a lot of people work out and do different kinds of fitness. Like I do some yoga, but I do a lot of other fitness things as well. Um, and I found in general that physical activity is really, really helpful to process emotion, to get some perspective, to change your state of mind, uh, just rebalance your body's chemistry. So I've observed that. Talk a little bit about what specifically yoga has to offer in that direction as opposed to other kinds of fitness. 
Oh, sure. So with other kinds of fitness, you're really kind of like um, building up strength and energy and uh, for lack of a better scientific term, oomph, you're feeling powerful, right? And with yoga, um, you're, you're, you're affecting the brain in a different way. You're, you're starting to tap into the parasympathetic nervous system where you start to feel safe you start to feel calm. So people who are highly, highly anxious would get a lot more out of yoga per se than, than like a CrossFit uh, for their emotional well-being because they're already jacked up. They don't need to jack up more. They need to calm down. So yoga will help balance their hormones in that different way and balance their mind in that, in that calming way. Um, there's restorative yoga too, which is very, very cool. Um, like Viparita Karani, legs up the wall is a restorative posture. And just doing that posture, you don't have to do anything, but put your body in the position, which is lying on your back with your legs sticking up the wall. And you could also do that over a chair or like the side of a bed. You don't have to do anything. You do that pose and it automatically sends that message to your brain that you're safe, you're okay, you can relax, everything's going to be okay. And then you do that for five minutes and you'll find that you are much more calm. So it does, um, it does do some, it does affect you differently than a traditional workout. And I do both and I value both. They're both like I lift weights and I do cardio, I do walking, hiking, and I do yoga. I think you need all of it. Depending and depending on your particular need, um, do the exercise that, you know, is going to give you what you need most that day. And it's interesting how sometimes if people are under high stress and then it affects their hormones and it can affect their fitness or their weight gain, or they're, if they're trying to lose weight, if they're doing really intense physical activity and they're already under stress, it can actually get in the way of them losing weight. And I know they've done research on this. I, I, have, I don't have anything to quote, but I know there's research that shows that there, there are situations where people will benefit more from yoga. And it's probably for the reasons you're saying about activating the parasympathetic nervous system and and realizing if, if the person's stressed and in fight or flight response, it really makes sense that their body's going to get the message to hold on to fat because they think it's an emergency. And so that would be the safe thing to do. So when we settle ourselves down and we feel safe, then it's easier for our bodies to, to function better and balance out. Yeah, that's what um, Dr. Burks ta talked about in one of our recent videos uh, about weight loss. Um, he sees a lot of patients for that in reducing the cortisol. You've got to reduce your cortisol if you're overweight. You've got to get that stress down because exactly what you're saying is right. And so yoga is a great accessible way to start to get your body moving. And what people usually do, as you know, is they will jump into something crazy like CrossFit. They'll hurt themselves and then they can't exercise for six months. 
And so, you know, you and I both, we teach people to start very slow and yoga is a great place to start because it gets you connected with your body. You're reducing your cortisol, you're feeling calmer, you're liking yourself. Uh, And yoga should not be, can I get into a pretzel? Yoga should be, how do these poses serve me today to make what I can do today just tiny little bit better? So it's there to serve us to improve where we are. We don't have to be flexible to do yoga. We can be just exactly how we are today and begin. Yeah. And my experience has been, even though you see people doing those pretzels and all those impressive moves in yoga, which is really cool, that a lot of the philosophy of yoga is about surrendering into just acceptance and accepting yourself and being okay with where you're at, even if you can't do as much as the other person beside you in class, that it's really a practice in in just letting go that way, which is really a good way of uh, being in life in general. But there, there's real value to that for people as well. It does depend on the lineage of yoga, uh, where it originally came from, like who the teacher was that brought the practice to the stage, because there were a bunch. Um, but certainly the lineage that I have studied under and the multiple teachers that I've worked with have that philosophy of, of being gentle and kind and self-accepting. I guess if you if you have never done yoga, I encourage you to to do it and start very gentle. If you've never done hypnosis, I encourage you to do that. Um, find a, find a trainer through Robbie uh, or work with Robbie directly and um, start your path. Don't keep reading and researching and listening to podcasts and just end with information. You've got to do it differently if you want it to go differently. So begin anew with a trainer directly that you can make actual um, physical changes in your body and changes in your attitudes and actions so that you can start to actually get out of all the information what you what you need now to be happy and be the person you want to be. Great. Well, thank you, Kelly. Why don't you share with people how they can get in touch with you? Uh, well, if you're interested in hypno yoga, um, you can go to myhypnoyoga.com and you can uh, message me there. But what I like to have you do really is to follow me on Instagram, which is at hypnosiswow. There's a lot of really fun videos on there that you can find and cool information about hypnosis. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you, Kelly. This was great. I really enjoyed this conversation. I learned a lot from you. I did too. Thank you so much, Robbie. Thanks for coming. Bye. Join us for next week's podcast where hypnotist Vicki Thomas will share with you some amazing wisdom on how to lose weight and avoid the weight loss sabotage that people all too often get stuck in. Vicki draws people into a rich world of possibility, helping you use the hypnotic powers of your mind to be whole, happy, and fit. And remember to click on the button to subscribe, share this podcast with a friend, and please leave us a review so you can help others benefit from the podcast too. Until next week.
You've been listening to The Hypnosis Show with Robbie Spear Miller. Tune in next time to learn more about how you can change your life with hypnosis. And if you are interested in learning more about training opportunities, go to hypnosistrainingcanada.com and schedule a free consultation. 